0: You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart.
1: Good morning, church. Really loving to see everyone in here today. Can you help me smile at the person seated beside you and just say hi to them? I know you can't, you can't, um, they can't see your complete face, so they don't even know if you're smiling. But you can try smiling with your eyes. Uh, but just wave, just twiddle your fingers at them. Hi band. Hi everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to everyone watching us online. Uh, It's a great day to be alive. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I would typically say, we know that you can be streaming any other service, but we're super thankful that you choose to stop by at the life point and worship with us same goes for everyone who's here fiscally present we know you can be in the comfort of your homes right now just uh, watching service but thank you so much thank you on behalf of the leadership team at the Life Point Church I want to very specially and very warmly welcome everyone who's worshiping with us for the first time today we know we have quite a number of uh, first-time guests in the house because it's a special day for our guys our brothers and our sisters um, at the Pan-Atlantic University. Okay, so um, I just want to quickly recognize a few people online. Ayotilewa, we see you, we love you. Thank you so much for joining. Shala Lawal, who is supposed to be in service today. He's a minister in the house, but he's online. We see you, Shala, we love you. Um, and then I have Deji Ogunleya Johnson. I, can't, I mean, I can't uh, recognize everyone who's online, but thank you guys, thank you so much. Um, yes let's get into the word because we have quite a bit to talk about this morning let us pray our Heavenly Father we thank you thank you so much for life thank you for life we're here just as the song the band sang you hold it all together you are the beginning you are the end you are everything in between the one who holds our lives in the palm of his hands The one who holds our existence the one who is the script writer the director the producer of our journeys this morning father we return all praise to you we say thank you thank you for the gift of life thank you for the supply of your spirit thank you for the privilege to witness at a new month the last month in this interesting fantastic year of 2020 lord we are grateful We are grateful that we are alive to witness this journey as it wraps up, as 2020 just wraps up before us. We're grateful. Thank you, Lord, for who you are to us. Thank you for all that you do for us. But more importantly, Lord, thank you for who you are to us. Thank you that we find comfort in your presence. Thank you that we can call on your name and you hear us, you answer us. Thank you, Father, because you know everything that we need even before we open our mouths to request. And so, Father, we are grateful. Once again, as your children, we are gathered unto you and not to man. We are here to hear from you. We are here to be nourished by you. We are here. Your word is light. We are here for our spirits to be lightened up. Your word discerns thoughts and intents. And so, Lord, we ask that your word will transform us this morning. It will do its work in us, making us perfect and complete for you. All of this and more we ask in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you are excited to be alive, would you just put your hands together and celebrate Jesus? Yes. I know it's so easy to, to, um, I mean, this is just for someone here who feels like, what is the use you know, what is the use of, of just even being alive? My life, permit me to use the word, has sucked this entire year. I've, I've been unable to move forward, make progress. Um, this entire month of December, we're going to be discussing on gratitude. Gratitude. Can we say it together, guys? Gratitude. Um, for those of you online, you can just type it in the chat room there in, in the comment section, gratitude. Um, in particular, it's not just even being grateful, it's the attitude of gratitude. And for today's, um, today's message, it's Tad. just say thank you. Just say thank you. And in case there's anybody who's here and you're wondering, thank you for what really? What am I grateful for? What am I saying thank you for? What is there to be excited about? I mean, we listen to Tammy Laurie, who we should celebrate, by the way, for sharing his God experience. Thank you so much for sharing, Tammy Laurie. God bless you. And please, let's appreciate the band for that lovely song. You know, if you listen to him, I guess you would see reasons to be thankful if you were Tammy Laurie. But just in case your story isn't anything close to his own experience, or your story isn't even like any of the other experiences that have been shared up here on this stage, you're struggling to find a reason to be thankful and to be grateful. I believe God that by the time we're done having this conversation, you will see differently, you will hear differently, you will perceive differently, and you will be filled with the oil of joy. You will find reasons in your life to be thankful to God. Okay, so I'll take my first reading from the book of Psalm, chapter 103, from verse one to five, the New Living Translation, and I would actually like for us all to read it together. So if the band can help, sorry, the multimedia team can help projects, um, I would appreciate that very much. Okay? Can we have the scripture up, please? Psalm 103, Verse 1 to 5, verses 1 to 5, New Living Translation. If you have your devices, please let's flip through. The the multimedia guys will catch up with us. All right, Um, it's a psalm of David. Let's read one to go. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. So we see here David expressing his gratitude to God. And I mean, the Psalms are a collection of songs and and poems written by David and a couple other guys who, at different points in time, you know, in their lives, they have found reasons to, you know, uh, ask God questions, very deep questions, very serious questions. And at the same time, they have found loads of reasons to be grateful, to be thankful, you know. And... We're borrowing a leaf from David this morning. In particular, I want us to zone in on verse 2, which says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. May I never forget. And that's my prayer for us all today. May we never forget. May we never forget all the good things that God does for us. Amen. Okay, so um, quick story. Has anybody here? I know we have some parents in the room this morning, so this might be tricky. If it is you. Just yell, my cousin Femi, because your mother or your father is still beside you, so you may not be able to answer very directly or just answer in your heart. But have you ever wished for someone else's parent to be your parent? For those of you who can answer freely, please, can you signify, let's see, show, show of hands in the room. And if you're, in the, if you're online, just put it in there. If that's you, just you know, use the hand-raised emoji. Yeah, have you ever, guys, I cannot be the only one. Have you, once upon a time, exactly, where you have desired your you've coveted, you know when the Bible speaks about covetousness, coveted your parents, sorry, your friend's parents to be your parents. In fact, you have replaced them in your hearts. You've swapped your parents. So, that the people you are seeing in your house, you have even, that, those are today's parents. These are not my parents. Today's parents are my parents. These ones, they are not my parents, you know. Okay, so let me tell you a quick story. I I mean, I also was that way. And I remember very clearly this was year four, uh, primary four, and I had just been transferred to a a new school. So I just started a new school. And I was there, um, made friends and things like that. So this wasn't even an issue of trying to, you know, impress people or anything. But you see, my parents are amazing, and I absolutely love them with all my heart. But I was young, and I was very naive. I didn't understand life and so i thought my friends were they were too much on the straight and narrow you must read your bible pray every day it was literally the way to go in my house you must read your bible we you must have devotions and i just thought what is it now did i kill jesus but why can i not be like everyone i don't hear my friends talking about you know, having to to have morning devotions and read Bible and pray, and, you know, and as, uh, from a very young age, I had been very active in church, you know, at the nudge of my parents. I'd been doing different things and all. Um, fast forward, I got into this school in, in um, year four, and I decided, because... In addition to my parents being on the straight and narrow, yeah, and uh, well guiding me, because they weren't perfect, were well guiding me to be on the straight and narrow. In addition to that, I found that I got into the school. A lot of children would typically come with lunch money. And they could buy stuff uh, from the school's um, cafeteria and kiosk and all. I came to school with my lunchbox my lunchbox was, was typically balanced diet. I would have my fruit, I would have my meal, and a snack, and I would have, you know, maybe some days, it wasn't all the time, caprisone or Ribena or something. But anyway, um, I started a business. I would sell my caprisone <laughs> to the guys who came to school because I didn't understand. I, I wasn't allowed to handle money. And it was very annoying. I wanted money to be able to buy chewing gum and you know, bubble gum and things like that. But I would not get bubble gum, I wouldn't get lollipops and all because my parents considered them unhealthy. And so I would sell my CapriStone until one day, I was not very smart enough to you know, hide the money. And so they, once in a while, my parents conduct spot checks. <laughs> they would conduct spot checks on your, in your, school, you know, on your school bag. And god help you whatever they find if they find something that does not belong to you a book that doesn't have your name on it, it has another person's name on it. You know, so my parents were like that, and I was just like, what? And the way they disciplined, oh dear God, they literally took the scripture, spared the rod and spoiled the child. They took it literally, they ran with it. They were very, in fact, if, they, if God was giving a word for execution or application of that scripture, I'm sure my parents were in the first three categories because they did not spare the rod. So what that means is what, I got beaten a lot. And I was the first, so they used me, I was their guinea pig. They tried me out, you know, parenting. They tried out their parenting skills on me. Anyway, this, so, you know, I would get to school, everybody was talking about their parents, and I had designed these parents in my head who were based in America. <laughs> my parents were in America. And so while we're talking, oh yeah, my parents are, so are people like, oh, so the people you're living with, who are they? Oh, they're my, uh, my uncle and my auntie. <laughs> you know, my parents are coming for me. They're going to come get me soon, and things like that. And you know what happened? One day, one friend decided to make it her personal business and investigate the matter. And so, when my parents, my mom came to pick me up from school that day, and she was like, Hello, ma. So I'm saying, Good morning. Um, my name is XYZ. You know, the funny thing is, I remember the story so much because it hurt so much. The repercussion was so painful. I can't forget, but I've forgotten the girl's face. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that helped me forget her face. <laughs> Perhaps I would deny her favor in recent times because of the kind of pain she caused me then. Anyway, she then goes, oh, so my friends typically, you know when, when your parents come to pick you from school, your friends will just come with you depending who, so you do that till the last person gets picked. You flood around the person's parents or, or uncle or whatever, whatever. And so it's like, excuse me, ma, are you really Busala's mom? Because she says her parents are in America. And I don't really believe her. You can imagine, I want her to enter the ground. Because my mom looks at me. Looks at the girl, looks back at me, and she's like, Oh, really? She said that. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Well, I believe that I am a mother. So I don't know why she, well, she has another mother in America, but at least last I checked, I gave birth to her. You know, my mom, my mom just makes a joke of it and leaves. Oh, dear God. And you know, the funny thing is, So, I mean, I'd gotten so beaten up that it wasn't such a big deal to be beaten up anymore. And my parents found that out early as well, as part of their parenting strategies, that flogging this girl. I was very rebellious, by the way, I was a very recalcitrant child, just putting that out there. I tested their Christianity. So they just thought, flogging this child doesn't work anymore, so they talk. By the time my mom was done with me, I felt smaller, than the little child that I was. You know, because she starts to go, and she, she didn't even she didn't raise her voice, nothing. It was just very subtle, very quiet, low tones. And she was saying, why on earth would you say I'm not your mother, or your father isn't your father? What haven't we done for you? We have taken care of you. We've, you know, emotional, everything was just, I was wailing. They like, didn't touch me. I was wailing. I'm sorry, mommy. You know, I was wailing. Let's just say that that's, Incident le- has never left me. I mean, that was the last time. Of course, I claimed this American father and mother that I've never seen, and I began to just endure. said, we enduring my Nigerian parents and then loving them eventually. When I began to understand that all they did, they did because they loved me. But that girl, by the way, <laughs> I believe she she did me much harm. So she must be an offspring of Alexander the Copper Smith. She must be from his lineage somewhere because she did me much evil with that experience. And of course, I was never her friend anymore. Yes, because I was young, I was in year four, so I didn't understand the concept of forgiveness just yet. Anyway, but I have said this story just to bring into context how we as human beings relate with us and how we deal with ingratitude. When you feel like someone who needs to be grateful for an act, that you have rendered, a service you have rendered, something you've done, a gift you've given, you know, kind words you've said, influence, time, your resources that you have expended in their direction, and they have been completely ungrateful. The feeling is not a very good feeling. As human beings, we feel very terrible. We feel, you know, you, you start to wonder, and if, if you're not careful, what happens is you just. We blank out such people. I mean, it takes the Holy Spirit for you to continue to remain generous with your time, with your resources, you know, with your life. To someone who is perpetually ungrateful. That is us as human beings when we relate with one another. And I'm sure we have a ton of experiences here. In fact, I'm sure there's probably somebody who's listening to me and has done something for me. And that I expected a bit more gratitude, you know. So this is not even excusing me. But it's, it's the way we are. Sometimes, we are grateful, we are grateful in our hearts. But you see, ingratitude is unexpressed gratitude. Ingratitude is unexpressed gratitude. You can be grateful in your heart, but you see, the person can't see your heart. The person cannot see how grateful you are in your heart. Whether you are rubber binding in your heart, you are bowing down in your heart, as long as it doesn't translate to action, because that's how we understand as human beings. That's how we receive love and we give love. It, you know, we, we want to we see it in tangible forms. And so when someone does something to you or does something really good for you, the expectation is that you would say thank you. At the very least, the expectation is that you would say thank you. But sometimes in our minds, we say thank you. And, you know, in fact, there's another level to it. It's even also how you communicate your gratitude as well. How you communicate it and how the person who's receiving, how they're saying it they are receiving it. Sometimes the person judges you and feels you're not grateful enough. How could I have done something of that magnitude and I get this little amount of thanks? Some people are like that. Some people, they don't even want you to disturb them too much with your thanks. Some people are serial thankers, which is a good place to be because what it means is you get such a person a cup of water, they'll say thank you. You do something, they they, they are serial thankers and they don't, it's not just, it's not just mere words. It is, you can really tell that it's genuine. They mean it. Now, just going back to David here and how he praises God with such exuberance and, and such joy. Year 2020 in particular has been a very hard year for some people. And on the flip side, a lot of people, well, not a lot, but some people have also testified of having enjoyed grace, having, you know, achieved significance, or cover significant milestones. Wherever you are on, the, on, on either side, whether you feel like you've lost something, not much has happened for you this year, or you're on the other side where you feel like you have made progress. People were losing money, you made money this year. People were losing jobs, you got a promotion this year. That is huge. But also, not living out the one who feels like, not much has happened for me this year. I've not been able to, you know, uh, grow my business like I, like I would have loved to. If anything, I'm, I feel like I've just been stagnant in the last six to eight months. Not much has happened. With gratitude, how you see things, need to, it needs to be different with a lifestyle of gratitude, how you perceive things, how you receive and how you internalize is so important. You know, um, I want us to read from Exodus 15, the story of the children of Israel. So we know how they were in Egypt, God delivered them through Moses, they crossed the Red Sea, and then here we meet them in, in chapter 15, just after the Red Sea experience. You know, they were super excited, praising God. In fact, verse 11 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretch out to your right, and you know, they start to rap and to, you know, they just go on and on, full of thanksgiving. Same chapter 15, as they continue in their journey, they leave the Red Sea and they enter into the wilderness. And for three days, they couldn't find water. They behaved like you and I would in a typical situation of desperation. Verse 22. Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of shore, and they were there three days in the wilderness, found no water. And they started to complain. They started to murmur. Verse 25. Moses cries out to the Lord. Um, God shows him a tree. He makes bitter water turn sweet. They have that miracle, they drink. And then eventually in verse 27, then they came to Elim where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. Now, I want you to see that progression of events. These guys had just been delivered by God. Now they find themselves in a desperate situation. Like you and I found ourselves in year 2020 where things seemed to have been paused. You know, schooling became extremely tedious. Um, Parenting became extremely tedious. Working, running a business became very tedious. Same for working in an organization, because a lot of demands were then placed on you, especially if you were working from home. It was almost as if, because eyes cannot behold you at your desk in front of your computer, you were not doing much. And so, bosses placed a lot of demands just to justify salary that you're earning however else uh, you know you may have experienced the hardship of this 2020 the children of israel encountered a similar situation but this was theirs was short-lived it was just three days but see they began to complain and to murmur, and god sought them out temporarily and eventually by the time they continue in that journey he takes them into a place where they were able to camp i believe that that valley of um, um, Elim, you know, that Elim, not, it's not a valley, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees was on the journey of the children of Israel. God did not manufacture Elim because the children of Israel cried. Is anybody listening to me? God did not supernaturally make Elim appear because the children of Israel cried out to him. Elim was there all along. It was on their journey. They only needed to get there and to camp there, place of rest, a place of restoration. There were 70 palm trees there where they could get shade. There were were wells of water where they could drink from and nourish and quench their thirst and their tired spirits. It was all along in their journey. And that is for someone here today. You see, what you're desiring and what you're believing God for In fact, what you may have given up on that has warranted you complaining and murmuring, it's on your journey. It's a part of your journey. It's a part of your journey. And there is joy ahead. There is joy ahead. Can someone say that? There is joy ahead in my journey. I enjoy joy in this present season. It's in your journey, okay? Now, when people get consumed by murmuring and complaining, we lose sight of what God is doing. We lose sight of what God is doing. In a place of complaining, in a place of murmuring, you are very short-sighted. You can't see. Which is why, as God's children, it is so critical that we offer our prayers for clear eyesight. And this is not even seen with your physical eyes, guys. This is seen with the eyes of the Spirit, that you will see differently. Everybody is seeing, you know, Nigeria in a certain way. Everybody is seeing a nation where the only thing that makes sense is to jackpot. Everybody is seeing, you know, things that are not working. You need to see, because guess what, guys? People are profiting in this nation. People are living well. I went to a place, you know, uh, a, a couple of weeks back, and I said, but they said there's no money in this country. And you see the massive structures that are going up. People are making it. So, I mean, except God has clearly given you an itinerary that is outside of the shores of this country. (laughs) Whether you are receiving it by faith or calling it forth, I encourage you go with God. Go with God in 2021. Someone needs to say that to say, I'm going with God in 2021. I'm not going with what my flesh is saying. Because if we all follow our flesh, there will be nobody in this premises, FYI, today. Our service will be holding it in Canada. <laughs> we will all not be here, possibly, maybe including me. I know my husband will tell you, if he had if he could, he would tell you, oh, I'm such a passionate Nigerian. But I promise you, if God just says, "Sola," up and go, I will go. I will be praying for the nation from wherever it is he leads me. But I love my country. And I'm proud to be a Nigerian. Anybody proud to be a Nigerian in the house? Okay. And we will fix this country. We will fix this country. In fact, as a prayer, I've been praying. God, I know that, you know, the the guys in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews, Bible says that they all saw the promise ahead. Ah, Father, my parents have been trying to see this promise. My parents' parents have been trying to see this new Nigeria. I've been praying for this new Nigeria. I want to see it. I want to see God, I want you to see it. Yet not as I will, but yours, you know, according to your will, but I want to see this Nina. I want to see Nigeria change. I want to benefit from the fruits of the labor and the travail in the place of prayer. Do I have any uh, takers on that path? Ah, some of you, your hands are down. You don't believe it that Nigeria can be any better. It is well. All right, so uh, back to our gratitude story. In Exodus 15, we see how they worshiped God for the deliverance from Egypt. Moving on to Exodus 16, we then see how they complain again. This was after they had complained about not getting water. Now they start to complain about food. In verse 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, All that we had died by the hand of the Lord, I mean... This is another last week i spoke about one of the prophets who was very suicidal this is another set of suicidal people oh that we had died i mean finish us what are we waiting for what are we alive for you know we oh, that we had died in the hand of the lord in the land of egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger do you remember the story of the children of israel And how Pharaoh doubled their workload, how they had slave drivers, how they were beaten to get work done. How does one desire to go back there, to go back to that place of slavery, to go back to that place of sin? And, you know, to go back literally to that place of death. How is that better off than the God you had praised and wrapped and hailed? that delivered you from the Red Sea is that same person that you have now complained and said, look, you just brought us, brought us here to kill us. The one when you were lacking water, provided water for you. Now, food, what you are hungry for, you know? How is that a, how, how is that a better circumstance to desire to go back to Egypt? I don't know what Egypt represents in your life as you are sitting listening to me or watching online i don't know what egypt represents i don't know what it is that has made you give up in this year where you've given up and you're like i'm better off with my ex who treated me badly you know at least i will not be counted amongst the people that are not that they don't have boo or I have somebody how is that better this entire year, I've been, I've been by myself, so it's okay. I will manage him or I will manage her. How is that better? How is it better that you will settle for, for less, full-fledged child of God that he created, took his time to fashion you, filled you with his mind, his spirit, his intelligence, and you think that Egypt, whatever Egypt represents in your life, whether it is, you know, whatever type of means you, you, you want to use, that everybody is doing to, to make progress in life that is not godly, that does, that does not glorify God, whatever. How is Egypt better? How is Egypt better? In Numbers 14 as well, we see the children of England. Those guys, though, I mean, the children of Israel and Nigerians, which is a... I'm sorry, I was about to ask the wrong question. I was going to say, which one, which, one, which one of the two, which is a wrong breed? But I won't ask that because we're blessed people in Nigeria. But the children of Israel were a handful. I mean, for any leader, they will test your patience. So I, I'm not surprised God made some of the decisions that he made regarding them. But yet God loves them so much. God loves them. Has anybody ever tried to study the history of Israel? Even in modern day, the modern day Israel. How they are like an untouchable world power and so many things despite the forces militating against them surrounding them and claiming territories they just seem to keep thriving they are amongst the successful business owners in the world those guys are something else you know in Numbers 14 there we see them again verse 1 to 4 all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried people wept this was right after Moses had sent the 12 spies to spy out the land of Canaan. I mean, after having journeyed so far. God says, I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And then you get there. Or, well, you are on the verge of your promised land. And then they come and give you reports that, that you're multinational, you're desiring. This is what they are like in there. That person you want to marry or that you believe God is asking you to marry, the person has... X, Y, Z type attitude. Nothing drastic, no, I mean, nothing dramatic. Nothing that cannot be fixed. But you give up. How can God set me up like this? I don't know how many of us have been in a, a set-up situation where we feel like we've been set up by God. Anybody can, can anybody relate? Where you feel like if God has set me up? God, why would you do this to me? I, I mean, I have a ton of my seemingly set-up incidences that I feel like, God, you just set me up. But you see, God will never set you up to let you down. If you ever feel like he set you up, it is for your increase and your advancement. Never for you to come under, but for you to keep advancing and to keep moving forward. Okay, and so in, in, in chapter 14 here, verse 1 to 4, the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. People wept that night. All the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only, again, if only we had died in Egypt. If only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. You know, it's so easy to forget where you're coming from. And that's it with us. It is so easy to forget. And I'm sure as you're seated now, the Holy Spirit is beginning to bring to your remembrance God incidences that have happened, that have occurred in your life this year. Where you thought God has left you and abandoned you, but he stretched out his mighty hand and he saved you. It may not look like much. It may not look like much. Because what you wanted was this magnificent and, you know, this mind-blowing miracle. But what about the very many things God did on the journey to that miracle? You know, and here they were complaining again. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? And they were ready to appoint themselves a leader to take them back to where they were coming from. Sometimes your Egypt, your, your Canaan land, your promised land may not look to you like much. It may not look to you like much. It may feel like, God, there are too many obstacles to even get into this promised land. I'm not sure I'm up to this. I'm not sure I'm worthy of this. I'm not sure I'm good enough for this. I'm not sure I have the strength to carry on, to be able to get this promise, this thing you have promised me, whether in my job, whether in my business, whether in my career, whether in my marriage, you know, my marital destiny, my relationships, whatever it is, Lord, I seem to be struggling. I hear you. I hear the things you've promised me. But I am struggling to see how they will be actualized because they are giants on the path. They are giants on the path of getting to this promised land. And so how do we overcome the prevalent disillusionment, you know, uh, regarding the year, regarding our nation, regarding your finances? How you just feel like it's been a truckload of disappointments this entire year, you know? The first thing is you need to find opportunities for thanksgiving. You see, the Numbers 15 that I read, where God turned the bitter water into sweet water, was an opportunity for thanksgiving. Before they eventually now got to the place where there was water and there was shade and all of that good stuff. But what are those opportunities in your life that are for thanksgiving? Those opportunities that you can actually just say, God, I'm thankful that." I did not have to solicit for help, but you just made, somebody called me to encourage me. That's an opportunity for Thanksgiving. Somebody, you know, reached out to me. Somebody sent me money. I didn't ask. That's an opportunity for Thanksgiving. But rather, we're so focused on the job that we have lost. We're focused on what isn't working, over and above the things that are working, that I have breath in my nostrils. You know, some people lost jobs and they are alive, they can eat, their, their organs function. And imagine you, ha- you then added a severe health challenge. You had to be on a ventilator, or you had to be on something in the course of this year. Add it to that. You know, even people who went through severe health challenges, they still find opportunities for gratitude. But you and I are here today, and all we are focused on is the job we did not get, the, inter- the doors that were shut in our faces. You know, the person who broke your heart, who left you high and dry in the pandemic. And we're focused on these things. What didn't work? The opportunities you missed. Oh, I planned, I had already planned a tour. You know, I had planned, you know, to, to do this and to do that. I had planned, I was going to go abroad for my master's, you know, and all of that. But whatever it is that you think you have lost, can we as a church in this month of December be very deliberate about finding the things that have worked and giving God thanks for those things very specifically? And this is not just general, thanks, you, Lord, I thank you that I'm alive. Beyond that, specifics, can you take it on as an assignment, especially if you're here and you're finding it hard to be thankful to God for anything because you, all you have been focused on has been have been things that haven't worked, can you please find, just get a book or use your notes on your, on your smartphone and think about the months of this year. One thing, two things, three things, every month that you saw, where you saw God's hand, you knew that it wasn't about anything that you made happen of your own accord, okay? You need to understand that God is a God of time and seasons. Sometimes we don't get it, we don't understand it, we, it doesn't make sense. Why must somebody be moving forward or looks like they're moving forward and it looks like I'm stagnant, still in the same position, doesn't look like I've achieved much with my life? Especially where we compare. God is a God of times and seasons. He would work all things out according to the counsel of his will. And then you need to find joy in your waiting season. In your waiting season, as you are here, Listening to me, if you are in a waiting season, where you're waiting for, you know, to get married, you're waiting for that job, you're waiting for you know, the next level in your career, you're waiting you know, for, for your business to, to, to leap and move forward, you need to find joy in the waiting season. And how you do that is by being very intentional about the joy seasons, the joy events, the, you know, the opportunities that are presented your way for Thanksgiving. It may be in the little things. Start with those little things. Okay? All right. Um, so, gratitude killers, very quickly. The things that destroy our capacity for gratitude. One false or wrong expectations. You expect that everyone will treat you well, everyone will like you, or that your life would always be easy. Or you have an entitlement mindset where you think, well, and you know, it's so easy to the, 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 the most common set of people we are usually ungrateful to not deliberately, because we are grateful in our hearts, are usually people closest to us. Your parents, your husband, your wife, because you believe that certain things by default is their responsibility. But guess what, everyone on earth here is a volunteer. And so even parenting, we're volunteering, we're partnering with God to ensure that the lives of the children he has given us turn out great. Your boss is not compelled to be nice to you or to promote you. Because you smile so well. Do your job, you know, and let God have something to work with on your behalf. Okay? Part of dealing with an entitlement mindset is to recognize that everything that you have and everything that you are is a gift from God. The time that you have, the life that you have, you know, the opportunities that are presented your way, whether in a job, whether in business, whether in a relationship, they are all opportunities from God. And so it is important to be grateful to God and to the people that he's using as well. You cannot be grateful to God and forget the vessels that he's using to be a blessing to you, okay? Comparison is a joy killer. It's a gratitude killer. And it's, it's so easy. You don't, is there anybody here who, is, who compares themselves with people beneath them? And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, but people who are not as at par with you, hardly you don't. You compare up. You look at people who are, you know, you, you can look at your colleague. <laughs> Somebody was telling me a story of her you know they somebody took a picture and posted on instagram oh instagram social media can be a gratitude killer if you are not, if you don't manage it well if you're not careful and then this person put up a picture in front of a range rover and said what god cannot do does not exist and this person who saw the picture started having heart palpitations because the person is their colleague or you know their classmate from school the person I, the things we, we, we set up ourselves to just be unnecessarily unhappy. You don't know if that car belongs to the individual. You don't, you don't know anything, but you've just seen a picture. Same thing to be relationships. Somebody got proposed to her and you think, Aha! I'm done for. This person, we went to school together. In fact, she was my junior, now she's married. You, you hardly ever find, or, or you're the one that you go and start checking your ex's page. And what you're doing is you're measuring your life with the outcomes of their own life. You, You want to be sure that things are, you know, the person has not, he has not, the day you see that your ex is about to marry, you lose it. And you start to compare yourself with the girl or maybe the guy in this instance. So whatever it is, comparison is a gratitude killer, okay? You are in a race with only yourself. So focus on yourself. And focus on your God. God will take, you see, he has a plan and a purpose for you. Plans to establish you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And that is all that matters. Not the race of someone else. Okay? Negativity, you know, seeing this proverbial half full, half empty. I know there's been tons of debates. So if I see it as half empty, I'm just being a realist, which is fine. However, if all you ever see is half empty all the time, the proverbial glass, you never see an opportunity to be thankful that this half empty is actually half full. And I'm grateful for the half that I have because I know that I have the capacity to increase it by God's grace to make it full. Very important. Negativity needs to be dealt with this month. It's not something you should take into 2021, okay? Faith in God helps us to deal with pessimism and to give glory to God in hope. And a closed door is never a closed destiny. A door may be shut at you today. It doesn't mean that's the end of your life. It does not mean that is the end of your life. God will cause other doors to open up for you. Is someone saying amen to that? Amen. 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 And sometimes it is really just a redirection of destiny. God has ensured or permitted that closed door to save you. Because he knows if you walk through that door, you will be done for. You may lose your walk with him, and he prioritizes intimacy with him. You may lose yourself in the process. You know, the pride of life, the deceitfulness of riches, anything can happen to you. And so when God would permit a door to be closed, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks because you know that God has better plans for you. Okay, pride is also a gratitude killer. You know, there's, no, there's really no difference between an arrogant person and a prideful person. Really, it's all the same. But in gratitude, someone who's perpetually an ungrateful person can be termed or deemed to be An arrogant person, okay? Um, An example is Nebuchadnezzar. So full of himself. Thought that it was by himself he had achieved all the fantastic things that he he had in Babylon. You know, till God humbled him. Okay? Um, God resists the proud, gives more grace to the humble. Lastly, bitterness. Bitterness, oh dear. Bitterness. Some of you are still carrying the hurt from 10 years ago. You are carrying the hurt and the pain. And the bitterness, the anger from events of your life that have happened in the past. And they have held you down. They're like a stronghold. They have held you down and prevented you from moving ahead, from moving forward. Bible says in Hebrews 12 14 to 15, it says, Less, and it's the latter part I want to read. It says, Lest any root of bitterness springing up. Or pursue, let me start from, pursue peace with all people, holiness without which no one sees the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone falls short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Many become defiled. So your bitterness sometimes does not affect only just you. It affects the people who are around you. So if, just think about the people who you have prevented from entering into their own destiny because of the bitterness in you, because you have a bitter heart. You have not dealt with those pain and the issues from the past. To, today, may I encourage you to lay it at the foot of the cross. Don't go away without having had a conversation with God over that event that has left you bitter. That event that has made you feel like all men are scum. That event that has made you feel like all women and, you know, a a certain way. Or made you feel like working in a type of organization is nothing good can come out of it. That event that has made you feel like nothing good can come out of Nigeria. Whatever it is, would you please lay it at the foot of the cross today and deal with it. Don't live here with it. Okay? All right. Um... Just as we wrap this all up, I'm going to ask the band to please come, and we're going to spend about five minutes just worshipping God. I believe very strongly that as we worship and we lift up our voices in thanksgiving, that the Holy Spirit will do a work, a surgical work in the hearts of people today, especially anyone here whose heart is, is hardened, who doesn't see any reason to be thankful or to be grateful. Who blames God and is still blaming God? God, what were you looking at when this world, when, when, when things were going crazy this year? We're gonna just spend time worshiping. And if you have a prayer language, you can sing in the Spirit. Sing in the Spirit and let the Spirit of God just wash over you. Let the oil of joy fill you. Let it pour over you and replace whatever mourning. Let the garments of praise, so you'll be clothed in the garments of praise. And the garment of heaviness, the spirit of heaviness will be lifted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, just one thing to also be mindful of. Is that the attitude of gratitude is a fundamental kingdom value. And it starts with just saying thank you to God and to everyone he has positioned to be a blessing to you. An action that I would like us as a church family to undertake this week. Is this find a reason to be grateful every day for those of you who journal for those of you who write and if you don't write use your phones but every day before you sleep think about your day and find one reason to say thank you Jesus thank you God that this happened thank you God that this happened if you have more than one by all means note it down so that in the days when you encounter challenge you know you encounter a challenge you can go back to that note to that journal and read and be reminded like the children of Israel, you will not forget like psalm 103 says that you will not forget the things that god has done that you will be reminded in your time of 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 uh you know struggle you will be reminded of what god had done for you in the past and you will draw strength and and grace to be able to forge ahead okay so that's the first and then the second thing is find people who have been a blessing to you this year no matter how much it is that we say this has been a hard year i believe that god has used some people for us so he has used some people for you whether it's your parents whether it's your siblings whether it is your friend you know your support system you have a fantastic pack of friends you you know that you roll with whether it is your boss whether it is your, whoever it is, your business partner, someone that has made life easy for you at some point this year, someone that has sent you an encouragement, someone that that has been there for you, someone that has prayed for you, someone someone that has done something, whether directly or indirectly, because sometimes we are mentored indirectly, you know, whatever it is, can I ask that you send messages? If you cannot access them, send messages, send a thank you note, send a gift this Christmas, and appreciate them. And just say thank you. Alright, let's worship. May I ask that we rise up if you're comfortable enough to, to just stand and let's spend some time worshipping God uh, for the next five minutes or so. Can we lift
0: our
1: hands? Just lift
0: our hands and just think back on January, February, March. up Until this very moment, we have reasons to be grateful. God has indeed done so much, so much, so much, so much. So, in your own words, even while you wait for the band to lead you on a song, can you sing a song to Yahweh reflecting your gratitude this morning? Can you sing a, a new song, a song that fully expresses your thanks? Come on, just go ahead, Life Point Church. Can we lift our hands? It's a sign of saying, Oh God, I know that you're the one who holds my world together. You hold my world together. You hold my world together. You hold my world together. You oh, you've done so much for me. I cannot tell you now. It can't If I had ten thousand tongues, it still wouldn't be enough. We're singing now. It one more time. more. Done so much for me. Thank you. I can't.
1: Father, for your amazing grace, we are grateful, oh God. We are grateful, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh Lord, we yield our lives to you afresh. Ha, we yield our lives to you afresh, oh God.
0: Let our lives begin
1: to show forth your praises. year as we go on Lord and we start to plan and to build for 2021 and beyond we ask father for grace grace to see you grace to know you grace to hear you grace to experience you differently in the name of the Lord Jesus we do away with negative attitude we do away with the complaints and the murmurings Our Lord, we do away with with that that limits us from seeing you at work. From seeing you outstretched and experiencing your outstretched arm. The things that keep us from experiencing your love in totality. This morning, Father, we ask for grace. Fill us afresh with your spirit. We embrace the spirit of joy. We embrace the spirit of thanksgiving, the spirit of gratitude. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed and given thanks. Amen, amen, amen. If you are grateful to Jesus this morning, would you celebrate Him? And may I ask that we please take our seats in his presence. Just one more thing. One more thing. All eyes closed, all heads bowed. I think that with everything we have said today, It would only just be fair to give someone an opportunity to make amends. It would only be proper to give someone an opportunity to embrace the love of the Father. And so if you're that person here this morning, we're giving you the privacy of the moment. And I want to remind you that God loves you. And He's at work in your life. But if you have been far from Him or you don't even have a relationship with Him, may I ask that you just indicates if you would love to belong to him to be called by his name to receive his love and his warm embrace his arms are open wide ready to receive you may I ask that you just lift up your hand all eyes closed all heads bowed you're here and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior you want to rededicate your life to him because you believe that you have not really been in alignment with his will for you Or with his ways can I ask that you raise your hand and the reason why I'm asking that you raise is because we want to know you We want to be able to support you on this journey as you make this decision for Jesus all eyes closed heads bowed just raise your hand and I will say prayer with you all it requires is just you opening up your mouth and confessing that Jesus is Lord that he was raised from dead receiving Him into your life, believing that you know, He was sent by the Father to save you, to heal you, to transform you. So if you're that person who wants to rededicate your life, you want to belong to Jesus again, or you don't even know Him, you've never had a relationship with Him, may I invite you on this journey. I'm sure if you engage with us, we can. the people you engage with, I can testify that I am. It has been an absolutely amazing journey, just having God as my father. In the good times, in the not so good times, I'm thankful that he's in my corner and that I belong to him. Okay, let us pray. Uh, would you say after me, dear Jesus, I ask that you would, I confess my sins this morning. I ask that you forgive me. I, am, I receive your forgiveness. I ask that you would come into my heart and make your home with me. Help me to love you. Help me to live for you. I pray that your spirit would come into me and transform me from the inside out. That my life will begin to testify of my relationship and my walk with you. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for these ones that have made this decision. Thank you because heaven rejoices over them. Thank you, Father Lord, for such a time as this, as they have come to know you. As they begin to make plans to walk with you more and more, we ask that you would grant them grace. Reveal yourself to them. I pray that their lives will no longer remain the same again. Uh, They would note down today and they will be able to very clearly point to testimonies that have arisen from this decision that they have made today. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Can we just celebrate everyone who's made a decision, whether physically present here or online. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.